Happy Football Friday. Hey, good morning, RJ. Welcome in. Oh, hey, what's up? What's happening, brother? Oh, you know. What's happening, Brewski? Hey, bruh. Hey, bruh. All right, Arge. Nelly and I are feeling it today, man. We can feel the victory that's going to happen, kicking off the playoffs in the NFC Divisional round starting tomorrow. Uh, I know you heard, but just in case you didn't, and anyone else out there, John Walford, the quarterback for the Rams, he will not be playing that neck injury too severe, holding him out. It will be, indeed, Jared Goff, three pins and all in those thumbs, getting the nod to play against the Green Bay Packers. And the boat, the Blake, the greatest Blake of all time, Blake Bortles, BBB, will be uh, backing up Jared Goff. Boys, Nelly, RJ, how are the LA Rams going to score points when you got a guy who's got three pins in his thumb and is going to be in the low 30s at Lambeau Field? Got to hope Cam Akers starts running very, very, very well. That's their one hope, Cam Akers. Rowdy, is it up to also, Cam Akers and alone? They're going to have to lean on the defense. I mean, you saw the defense score a touchdown against the Seahawks. They also mm-hmm. set up their offense for good short fields, and their special teams played pretty decent. Yeah. So I guess what well, Packers' Achilles heel was once their rush defense. Is that still the, is that still the case? A little bit. A little bit, Rowdy? A little bit. If there's going to be an Achilles heel on defense, it's probably going to be the rush defense, even though it's been playing better. Yes, it's been it's been playing a lot better. The Packers' defense have kind of come into their own. Hell, they finished what ninth total defense in the league. Mm-hmm. That's um for where they started to where they ended. That's very impressive. And if I remember correctly, when the Packers won the Super Bowl 2010-2011 season, they had a top ten defense that was very opportunistic and started to gel later on in the season for most of the year they were a top 15 total defense but I mean it was mostly carried by the pass defense Uh, we saw towards the end of the season that's when the rush defense started coming along and I mean you can say they're Best performance was holding Derrick Henry to 98 yards. Yeah, that was awesome. A.J. Dillon was best in him, and so did um, uh, Aaron Jones Jones on very limited carries as well. Mm -hmm. Packers have really been, you know, trending, everything trending in the right direction as the season ended, the regular season, that is. And as they entered into the playoffs, the only scare we had was that COVID-19 scare with Jared Veld here. But, boys, good news, as the Packers did get some some positive (laughs) – I should be careful of how I say yeah. positive. No new positive test. So that is positive news for they the Green and Gold. good news. <laughs> As uh, Coach Matt LaFleur said, he's, quote, I slept pretty good last night when he was uh, asked how uneasy his night was the night before when he was waiting to see if more positive test results would rear their ugly head. And he continues saying, quote, just really confident in our protocols and our approach and how we handle things around here. Um, and, you know, remember when the Packers were on the bye week in the regular season, that's when, um, you know, that, that county and surrounding area was spiking with COVID-19, mm-hmm. you know, positive cases. And the Packers basically came away unscathed for the most part. And now they had their, uh, their bye week, obviously, for the playoffs. And the only thing that their scare was was a guy who came from another team in Jared Valdir. So Packers, again, as Aaron Rodgers said last week, don't get COVID. No one did. I'm I'm bummed not for no Veld here, but uh, what are you gonna do? You know, you're yeah. just gonna you're just gonna move on. It'd be interesting to see if the Colts moved on, and I know we talked about it earlier in the week. Yeah, how many of the the team, how much, what percentage of the team would have had COVID? Yeah, or if this was just uh, maybe he went home after the game and 
Well, we had Rob Reichel on yesterday at Packers Insider, and, and he said they made the uh, the normal media auditorium. Um, I've been in there. It's a it's a very big room. Yeah. And they uh, made that into the offensive line room. So Billy Turner was talking, you know, one of the linemen. Billy Turner was talking yesterday. He said, quote, it's very, very spread out. I don't know if it's even two people per row. You can't get anywhere near the closest person to you without getting up and walking a distance towards them. He said, thank goodness it's a giant room because – even though Valdir uh, did practice with the team and was in the facility. So no one tested positive as of yesterday. So the testing will continue you know, today and leading up to the playoff, or I'm sorry, the kickoff here Saturday. But boys, are we still going to be holding our breath? What, what do they say, Rowdy? What I think you're going to be holding your breath. It was, if like you're... T- was it 48 to how many hours was the incubation period? Or yeah, whatever? 48. Mm-hmm. To, to like a couple weeks or something? Something like that. I think if you are all NFL teams, you're holding your breath until pretty much kickoff. Yeah. Because we've even seen Des Bryant practicing and getting ready for warm-ups hour, what was it, an hour or two before the game and having to be pulled off the field by, mm-hmm. by the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. And then him freaking out on Twitter. But that, that's, on, <laughs> that's on themselves because the test didn't come back positive Dude. or negative. Hey, so we've instead seen of it, waiting we've seen it in baseball, we've seen it in more than just the NFL. Like yeah. you, you just said, baseball, Justin Turner. He Dude. played for seven innings. Right, but it's still one of those things. Like, how do you, what do you... Dude, if that... If it's inconclusive, how do you let the guy go out there? That Des Bryant thing was wild. Because yeah. Des Bryant was on the field warming up, and that was against the... What team was that against? The Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, the, the boys. Des Bryant was on the field warming up. And as he's warming up, then the news came down that he was COVID-19 positive. And what does he do? And what does the other guys in the, uh, on his team do? They start giving him hugs and handshakes and, like, dapping him up to say, hey, man, sorry that happened. We're going to, like, you know, we're going to have a little embrace before you're kicked. It's like, what are you, do- why are you doing that for? Why are you doing that? But Billy, Billy Turner, as he was just saying there, that, yeah, Valdir did, was in the facilities, did practice. Yep. But thankfully, as of right now, no positive test. But my God, you're keeping those fingers crossed. I know Matt LaFleur said he was sleeping easier last night, but I don't know how easy you can sleep when you know that incubation period is, you know, at minimum 48 hours, right? So, (laughs) oh my God. Well, we saw the NFL already go on with their games because the the Cleveland Browns, look what happened to the Browns. They had, had what, an all-pro? Or a Pro Bowler test positive. They had another guy test. They had their freaking head coach test positive. Well, and then you go, you look at the Browns two weeks before that, and they played with one receiver. Yeah. Well, you, you saw the Denver Broncos play with the freaking guy off their practice squad who was a wide receiver uh, for their quarterback. Now I know they're out of the playoff picture, but still. Could you imagine <laughs> if the Packers had to play with just one receiver and it was like MVS? Could you imagine if the Packers <laughs> had to play with Tim Boyle as their quarterback in the NFC Divisional round? Takes a mean knee, or God forbid, like doesn't even lose yards when he takes. Like it's like the like the Badgers. Jordan Love, (laughs) yeah. Watch this like the Badger situation where both it was um, Graham Mertz got COVID nineteen, the and Chase and Chase Wolf right, because Chase Wolf had it too, and they were going to be looking at either canceling the game or it would have been freaking Vanden Boom coming in. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers and Tim Boyle both you know test positive and it's like, well, Jordan Love. I know we picked you with our uh, first-round pick straight up to get you. Now it's time to prove why. <laughs> Welcome to the playoffs, kid. I would crap myself. I wouldn't. Oh, what do you think? Jordan Love's got it? He's got it. He's got Rowdy? Jordan Love, he's got it. He's got that big factor. Hands if I've seen down. anything on Jordan Love, even if it's just a couple clips, yeah, I believe in him. 
as long as Gary Anderson's not his head coach. I, I take it you, you're trying to forget about that. Yeah, true that, RJ. I take it, Rowdy, you're trying to forget about that one uh, video of him in preseason practice where he totally missed throwing the football into a net that any of us could have done? Yes, that was like he five was, yards away. He was nervous. It was his first practice, man. Just, first. Be, <laughs> just be easy on me, bro. He's nervous. Aaron Rodgers Have you ever tried me. hitting that net? Mm, I have not. Yeah. So I guess I can't talk. I mean, you'd probably still hit the net. Yeah, because he completely missed it. You mean he, 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 he would ground? He would throw it into the ground about two <laughs> yards in front. <laughs> well, depends. If you're going for the lowest one, yeah, I've I've skipped it in there before. When but you tried, but you tried to practice. skip it in, RJ. No, not at all. But you, yeah, you tried to skip it in, dude. Come on, it's okay. You can admit it. You were just showing off. It's that downward. You got to hold on to it a little longer. You're not too sure on where to go. What quarterbacks and, were all there when you were manager with the uh, Wisconsin? Uh, let's see. My freshman year it was Sorgi. So you're trying to impress Sorgi. Um, I get it. You're skipping the ball in. John Stocko. Okay. You're trying to impress Stocko. You're Tyler skipping Donovan. The... Yeah, Don, whatever. Um, let's, uh, so you're basically just trying to impress Sorgi and Stocko. That's why you're throwing the ball on the ground and skipping <laughs> it in, right? Yeah. And they were impressed. Watch this, guys. And then Rowdy hit one of them in the face with a football <laughs> uh, when we were tailgating a couple years ago. Who was that? Was that Stocko? Stocko. Rowdy had the arm. If, if Rowdy can hit Stocko from across Regent Street in the face with a tiny Nerf football, I bet you Rowdy has got a pretty good opportunity to put that ball in the net like Jordan Love couldn't do. Rowdy, any uh, any words? I'd love to try. <laughs> I would love Dude, to you, try. you peg Stocko in the face across Regent Street with a with a with a win. It was a heck of a play. He had to throw it like. Halfway down the block the other way to have it come back. Yeah, like hooked in. Full disclosure, though, it was a group of people. I was just trying to get it to the group. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely a jump ball. Yeah. Oh, okay. We do have a... Uh... They were in a truck bed. <laughs> That's the best part. Dunk! If they weren't in that truck bed trying to be above everybody, and so they could see out onto Regent Street over the fence... Donked him right in the head. Donked him right in the head with a Nerf football. It, it, was, it was kind of like an Aaron Rodgers moment in Detroit where I was... Trying to avoid security and all the other people and just launched one. Yeah, the security guards tell us we can't do that anymore after Rowdy bonked Stocko in the head. And then 10 minutes later, who's throwing footballs with us? The security guard. (laughs) On a football Friday, we we need to play football music. Oh, we'll we'll play Todd on Monday. I really don't want to work. (laughs) I just. Well, we're we're technically working right now. Hey, hey, Russell. It's not quite as big as LA! It's not, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's nowhere near. It's not. We don't have, and we're gonna see you today. This song freaking rolls, dude. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Yeah, LA. How about that? How about that? How about them apples? L.A., dude. Give me a break. L.A. <laughs> no thanks, Rowdy. Right, right, Arge? Right, Rowdy? L.A., right. no thank you. Not for me. Hard pass. No thanks. All right, boys. I got a uh, Twitter poll out here. Yes, RJ? It's 3% of the Los Angeles population. Green Bay is 3% of the L.A. population? Yeah. 2.6, actually. L.A. can keep their palm trees. They can keep their, you know, always somewhat nice weather. There's a bunch of weirdos over there, man. Not for me. I have the Twitter poll out. What makes you the mer- most nervous about Merst? the... Mer- Merst? Merst? Mer- what makes you the most nervous about the Rams coming to Lambeau to take on the Packers? I have four options. 
Aaron Donald versus the O-line and Aaron Rodgers. Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. Cam Akers versus the Packers rush defense. Or nothing. Go, Pap, go. What would you guys vote in this poll? You don't have to answer right now, but I mean, you can maybe what you're thinking about it. What would you guys lean towards in this poll? I know we've talked about it a couple times. We've got to make it official today. I can turn the Weisenheimers off if you guys That's like. distracting. <laughs> like, honestly, it, it, it's really like, distracting. I'm trying to think about this Twitter poll here. Okay, you yeah. have four options. I'm trying I, to think. I'm staring at the Twitter poll. I got poll the right Weisenheimers now. playing. It's a very catchy song. It's getting me fired up. All right, it's I, off. I really. For me, it's that O line versus Aaron Donald. Yeah, even with his bruised ribs, you know, banged up. Yeah, Russell Wilson set his butt on him. Yeah, he's, he's gonna get shot up and feel really good before the game. Yeah, tore it all. Does some uh, wonders. All right, so you're going Aaron Donald. I think Rowdy's probably the same wavelength here. Yeah, I think uh, if I had to select the top one, it's got to be Aaron Donald. But I think just below that, it'd have to be nothing. <laughs> go, go back, go. Hell yeah, Rowdy. Well, I'm thinking, and we talked a lot about this, you know, Aaron Donald tabbed as the Terminator, right? That's what Sean McVay called him the other day. Aaron Donald is going to be a disruptor. We already know that. You're not, you just got to limit him, right? We know he's going to be a disruptor. He's the best at his position. He's a beast. Jalen Ramsey uh, versus Devontae Adams. That's the one that concerns me a little bit. But Nelly just went with uh, Big Bob Tunyon. Having the over about 30... Yeah, 32 and a half. 32 and a half yards, that's it? So Rowdy went with the over of yards. So if Devontae Adams, who is the best wide receiver in the game, going against, I I think you can easily say Jalen Ramsey, probably the best cornerback in the game, it is a battle of two, you know, Titans at their position. Devontae's still going to get his at times, and Jalen Ramsey will probably get his at times. It it, it could equal out to be, you know, what'd you say, Rowdy? You said you want to have like 80 yards in a tutty for Devontae? Yeah, I'm going to go with 80 yards in a touchdown, which is below what he's averaging, but still pretty solid game. He'd take that all day over on Jalen Ramsey. I mean, hell, no one else on Jalen Ramsey get anything MBS like that. be covered by a linebacker at any point in time? God. I'd like to see it. I'd S- like to same. see what he can do if he can catch the football if he is. The the thing with him though, I think he's gonna have with him, he'll have Johnson over the top. Yeah, because they got other good corners. Yeah, well, John safety isn't. Or, yeah, they got safety. they got other good but people yeah, in the secondary. Their secondary is pretty good. Yes, and then you know we have so you know Jalen Ramsey Devontae. It's gonna be an awesome battle to watch. Devontae will probably have some good plays. Jalen Ramsey will probably have some good plays. We know that Aaron Donald will probably bust through that line a couple times. I mean, it's the NFC divisional round. You're gonna have guys that are just giving it their all, and Aaron Donald's the best at what he does. And then you have the Packers rush D versus Cam Akers. Yep. Because Jared Goff's got three. P- Notice how I didn't include Jared Goff in this Twitter poll. <laughs> Jared Goff, even if he didn't have three pins, I still wouldn't. Jared Goff, three pins in his thumb, right? It's going to be cold at Lambeau Field. Not including Jared Goff in this. But Cam Akers versus the Packers rush D. That right now is in third place. As Aaron Donald's number one, concerning. <laughs> Nothing go pack goes to. And then Cam Akers three, Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae four. Cam Akers versus the Packers Rusty. Rowdy, the Packers Rusty has been marketably better than yeah, they finished thir- earlier this season. They finished 13th in the NFL in, in rushing defense, which was a lot better than where they were at, especially after the first half of the season. Well, And I think you can tell by the last few weeks of the season, Mike Pettin finally started having more guys in the box, right. more guys on the front instead of just three or four. Yep. And it's made all the world a difference. It, it seems to have coincided when the Smith brothers went to him and said, dumb it down. Yeah, totally. Let us like, do us. Yeah. Dumb this thing down. 
and don't overthink. Well, dumb it down. Was that for Rashawn Gary? Because didn't he score like an eight on his like Wonderlick? Don't care. He's been better. He's been now great. Too. I know. So I guess that was the <laughs> so, key, right? Yeah. Dumb it down. I, I, it, I think it was for everybody. It, it's just like well, it's, I think it's the keep the, it simple, stupid yeah. approach. The kiss method. method. Yeah, I, I think overall, like there might have been just too many responsibilities within this and too many options. Because I mean, you, you, you even had uh, Blake. Martinez talked about it last year. The defensive line could do anything they want and didn't have to tell me, and I had two gaps to cover then. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know on a day, on a play-by-play basis which one I was going. So it seems like the defensive lines, you know, however they are set up, whatever their assignments are, maybe that choice went down, and they were given this is what you do, and then the linebackers in a 3-4, which usually are the ones who are free to o- and open to do whatever they want, they seem like they are now more free to just run around the field. And the Packers' secondary has been awesome, and usually those are the guys who have been creating the sacks yeah. because their coverage is just that good unless yep. it's third and short and they're playing 10 yards off the ball. <laughs> RJ, look at you with his busting a dumb. What do you think, Rowdy? I see you sitting there looking at RJ in awe. No, well, yeah, no. he's exactly right. Like, plus that you get it seems yeah, like yeah, no. it I seems like those. all of the linebackers, whether it be Barnes, whether it be Martin, or even Kirksey, mm-hmm. seem like they're playing better. Yeah. Even the second half of the season, too. Like, how many times did we see Kirksey getting burned or not being able to make tackles in the first half of the season? Oh, a bunch. Obviously, Kamal Martin was not healthy in the first half of the season. Yep. And then Barnes was kind of like a guy that was just there. Now, all of a sudden, he seems to be playing a lot more. Yeah. That part of the defense seems to be playing better. You already mentioned that the Smith brothers went in and said, hey, let's dumb this down. We need to change something. That seemed like it sparked a better play from the the outside linebackers in the D line. Yep. Then you also sign Snacks Harrison. <laughs> now that's only been uh, one game at, at limited, at limited uh, plays, but he's played well. Yep. Kenny Clark has been a constant. Yep. Zadarius Smith overall for that outside rushers has been a constant. Uh-huh. And then Gary yeah. and Smith have picked it up, especially in the second half of the season. Big time. Rashawn Gary's okay. definitely been mo- so much better. And Preston Smith was like, you could tell he was getting a little soft around the edges, you know? <laughs> Even Nelly was like, Nelly came in one day. He's like, "Is it me or is Preston Smith looking a little fat?" I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. He's getting a little fluffy. Or even Darnell Savage has yeah. turned it on yeah. the second half of the season. Adrian Amos has played probably his best season in in football. Mm-hmm. They were graded out. What was the last second half of the season? They were graded out as the best two. Uh, duo at the safety position yep, and, yep. and two, two of the best in the league. Yep. Kevin King has been relatively healthy pretty much all year outside of a few games. And he's doing well when he's not just hey, trying to Kevin launch King, himself and miss I people. mean, he's not the greatest of tacklers, but he does once in a while and p- do something right. Jair Alexander <laughs> statistically was probably the second best corner in football this year. Yes. yes. Statistically great. Yes, statistically great. Highly <laughs> successful. So what do you guys think? I mean, Vegas has it as the lowest scoring game on the docket here of the whole playoff weekend. Is this going to be, as Vegas suggests, a lower-scoring game? Does that mean that it's going to be a nail-biter? I mean, Vegas Vegas isn't stupid. They're not dumb. They're not always right, though. That's well, also just, correct. I mean, just mathematically, if you have a lower score, that means <laughs> that it's going to be closer because there's less points. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean... Yes? I... Yes? I think it just comes down to the Packers' offense, obviously. I, we know that 
I don't think the Rams offense can score very much. No. Mm-mm. I'd be surprised if they score more than 21 points. I think that would be a hell of a game for the Rams if they scored more than 20, 21 points. Agreed. I don't, I don't, foresee... and I feel like if the Packers scored 20, 21 points, you'd say what, what happened to the offense? Right. No doubt about it. I don't see, I don't foresee Jared Goff and three pins in his thumb and in a cold Lambeau, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I don't see him able to, you know, get the ball downfield much. I just, well, he's going to be handing it off to Cam Akers a bunch. So last night yeah. I was looking at some of the prop bets for all the NFL games. And yeah. when I was fixed on the, the Packer Rams game, one of the, the props I was looking at was Jared Goff and passing attempts. And they set his passing attempts at 33 and a half. And I feel like that's extremely high. 33 and a half? Like, when he had the bad thumb in Seattle with weather that wasn't even nearly as bad as what it was in Green Bay, he only threw the ball 19 times. Yeah. And I feel like if you're the Rams, if Jared Goff hits that over, which would be 34 you're losing. Yes. There's, oh, because yes. there's no reason why you would want a Jared Goff with three pins in his thumb, with a thumb that's broken you have surgery on just three weeks ago, throwing the football 34 times. Yeah, I don't foresee it, dude. Like, and You and don't if, want that. And if you are having him throw 34 times, you're losing, and you're probably losing big because you can't really run the football anymore. Exactly. I mean, if Jared Goff is going to be throwing the ball to that extent, then the Packers are up big. 100%. And especially when you look at, they have Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff slated for the same over-under for pass attempts. And it's 33 and a half. What? And there's no way if you're the Los Angeles Rams, you want Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball the same number All of right. times. Are we sure that the Packers and Mike Pettin and that scheme and defense are able to continue on with that? Or as Packer fans, you know, we've known this for a long time. We've always wanted to fire the D.C., as it, it, does the rush defense still scare you, or you're like, yo, dude, it's Cam Akers. It's not like it's, look what they did against Derrick Henry. I'm more worried about special teams. Yeah, that's what Rob Reichel said. Yeah. You know, watch I, the Rams <laughs> score on special teams. Yeah. I mean, that's what worries me the most. Uh, but you know what? I, I think we've seen this defense get to a point where it, it's going to be a bend, bend but don't break defense. Yeah, we saw that and, for that, the last Super Bowl run. Yeah, and yeah, they give up the big plays between the 20s, but inside the 20s, it, they tend to lock it down and it becomes harder to score touchdowns against them. And if you can force this Rams team to keep settling for field goals... Oh, yeah, totally. You're going to win. Granted, you know, they, they've shown in the past few weeks they can just score field goals and win. But they're also not going up against. Aaron yeah, let's Rogers. not forget that the Seattle Seahawks offense was a shell of itself from the first half of the season. Big yes. time. They were nowhere near, nowhere near the high-powered offense that they were when they Russell fired Wilson. Their OC. Yeah, when Russell Wilson was in the top three for the the MVP award. Missed. That that offense really went downhill the second half of the season. Yeah. So granted, them holding that Seahawk offense. To what they did to 20 points is a lot different than the highest scoring offense in the NFL with the Green Russell Bay Wilson went from Mr. Unlimited to Mr. Limited. Russell Wilson and that Rowdy's completely right. It was a shell of themselves. I mean, Russell Wilson was 11 of 27 for 174 yards, two tutties, and one interception. Our guy from uh, Scotland on Twitch here, Ram Jam. I uh, teased uh, talking about the Badgers coming up here. Has he changed his name to Pack Jam for well, the week? Ram Jam. Our guy Ram in Scotland 
I think he tuned in. The first game he ever watched for Badger basketball was uh, earlier this week when the Badgers played against Michigan. Yeah. And uh, I will just say, Ram Jam in Scotland, don't judge the Badgers just on that game. Give it another chance because then he says, are the Badgers in for another pumping tonight? Uh, hopefully not. Little, I know we both speak English. I think a little lost in translation right there. A, a pumping tonight? Um, I'll go with the though. I'm going to say no. They have not played well, though, at the Rutgers Athletic Center in New the Jersey. Rack. If he the ever rack. talks about getting a fanny whipped, he's not talking about a butt. A couple things lost yeah. in translation, even though we still speak the same language. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, okay, they have not played good at the rack. And Rutgers is not the greatest of teams. But what are we full well expecting tonight, my friends? I mean, they're ranked teams. Yeah, they, but they're not, they drop out this week. I don't think. I think they dropped. Yeah, they dropped. They're not. In, they're not ranked anymore. Um, but the last couple of years, they haven't been a bad basketball team. No, like, no, in no, years, no. In years previous, Rutgers was terrible, and even when the Badgers were on those Final Four runs, they struggled at the rack. And yeah. that was when Rutgers was actually bad. Yeah, yeah. They have um, not played well there. Let's see. Rutgers have beaten Sacred Heart, FDU, Hofstra, Syracuse. Is that fairly Dickinson, FDU. Probably. Um. Yes, it is. Because there's a lot of East Coast teams. <laughs> it's yeah. the yeah. It's it's the old Dickens. Dickens. Don't now. I'm having flashbacks to Dickinson from Michigan, man. Oh my god. And then they have. Uh, let's see. They beat Fort. They beat Illinois. That was a good win for them. They beat Maryland. They did lose to Ohio State. They beat Purdue. They did lose to Ohio or uh, Iowa. Excuse me. They lost to Michigan State. Ohio State beat them again. Ohio State beat them. Oh my god. Rutgers hasn't played since last Saturday. That's when they lost to Ohio State. So this will be their first game back in action as they welcome in uh, Wisconsin tonight for an 8 o'clock tip-off. Um, don't play too well at the rack, but the Badgers definitely got embarrassed against Michigan on the road. Yeah, That's got to be extra motivation for them going into well, uh, plus, New Jersey. We, what do we know about the Badgers when it comes to basketball so far this season where their bad matchups are the physical, tough post-presence? Yeah, like yeah. the Michigans, where they have a a big guy like Dickinson that that can command in the post and play physical. We've seen Nate Reavers kind of shudder away and and sh- or shy away from playing physical in the post. All of a sudden, for some reason this year, it doesn't make any sense. Right. We already know that Micah Potter, though he gives a lot of energy, isn't necessarily a physical dominant player in the post. Exactly. But when you look at what Rutgers is, Rutgers doesn't have any huge stud down low. If anything, they're actually pretty light in the post. And I know that they have uh, a lack of post depth just in general. And now they had like an injury to one of their post players. So that could be a a big thing for the Badgers going forward. The fact that, one, they're not great in the post to begin with. And two, they're having some injury and depth issues at that position. I think that trends well for the Badgers. But like we said, the Badgers haven't played very well lately. No, they have not. Well, the Badgers, after they lost to Michigan, did not come home. In fact, they went right to New Jersey. They've been practicing at Rack. The Rack Arena the last two days. Uh, Micah Potter talks. First, we'll get his comments uh, of the Michigan game. He says that's not Wisconsin basketball. We just weren't ourselves. I think everyone can know that. It's something that Coach talked about. It's just like everything that kind of went wrong is something that Wisconsin basketball just doesn't. It's just not Wisconsin basketball. It's not who we are. So, you know, the biggest thing that, we, you know, you can do to combat that is is really just, I wouldn't say we were like, when I say this, I'm not saying we weren't together. I would just say we're really just, you got to bind together. 
All right, so yeah, definitely was not Wisconsin basketball. It's everything that Wisconsin basketball was not. But they're talking, Potter does, I should say, about Rutgers to see if they can come together tonight. You go into a road environment like that, you got to be even more together. So that's something you got to be able to take a punch and then be able to punch back. So going forward, you know, it's going to be a great test, you know, tomorrow, you know, with Rutgers because obviously, you know, they're as physical as a team as, you, as you're going to see in the Big Ten. So it's going to be a good test for us to see if we can learn from our mistakes um, and move on. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the best thing you can do, and Greg Gard said it after the Michigan game, is the only the best and the only thing you can do is just get right back at it, get back on the court, and play a meaningful game, a Big Ten matchup, you know, against Rutgers. Uh, Brad Davison, I have comments from him. He says, uh, here's him talking about Rutgers at home. So, you know, really good teams, the unique place. Um, they play really well at home. Their shots seem to fall more, and they get a lot more confidence. They play a little faster, a little more comfortable. So it's definitely a combination of, you know, a really good team, and a unique, unique atmosphere. Uh, one more, or I got two more from Bad Davidson. Here's him talking about playing at the Rack. It's unique. Um, there's no, not really any other arena like the Rack. Um, but I would say it's got to be just the Rutgers team. You know, they're very scrappy, very confident. They're at you. They attack you all game. Um, and they get you on your heels. And that's going to happen in our, my two other trips here in my younger days. All right, I see our phone line's blowing up. 608 321 I'll get to you in one second. One more from Brad Davidson talking about staying on the road. Because they didn't come back to Madison after Michigan tuned them up. They stayed on the road. They went to New Jersey. Here's one more from Davison before we get the phone. Yeah, I think it gives you, um, you know, more time to be to get more time to be together. Um, some more time for you know some soul searching and tough conversations and to figure some things out, um, which I think we've definitely taken advantage of to make sure that we're prepared and in the right mindset heading into Friday. All right, so there you go. I mean. I- you can go one or two ways when you don't come home from a loss like that to Michigan, right? When you're on the road with your with your team, you can either get at each other's throats and start doubting each other, or you can gel. Like a loss like that can gel a team together, or can tear a team apart. Yes, I hope it's the gelling, and so we'll see tonight. I think I think with the lack of depth at at the inside for Rutgers, and especially with the combination of the Badgers being a little pissed off, and they've had to kind of sit and stew out on the East Coast about it. I think you're going to see a pretty decent performance from the Badgers. Yeah, same. Yeah. I agree. I'm, I, I'm I think we saw last year when this team kind of had its back against the wall. Yeah. It, now they responded in a big now way. Now, if all of a sudden uh, the Rutgers could trot out a guy like Dickinson or even Coburn or Garza, someone like that, I'd be terrified for tonight's game. Yeah. But they don't have anyone near that good. Tell the folks what I'm wearing right now. Wearing a... Probably about a 1996 Brett Favre sweatshirt. Yeah, this is a Brett Favre sweatshirt. It says Brett, and then in huge, Brett in green green and black, then in huge, bold font, it says Favre in yellow. Then it says MVP, back-to-back 95-96. Now, this is before he won his third in 97. But this is a badass 90s vintage sweater for Brett Favre. And our guy Bobby, huge Brett Favre guy. Well, Bob, maybe you got a pit in your stomach about this because Rowdy, we to to understand, you know, where we're at now and um where we're going, you got to look back and know your history, right? Like if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat yourself, correct? Mhm. Well, the last time the Rams and the Packers met in the playoffs was not good for the Green and Gold. That was in the 2001 divisional round where the Rams beat the Packers 45 to 17. Uh, Williams, the back for the Rams, had, or I'm sorry, cornerback uh, uh, for the Rams, he had two interceptions, two touchdowns, and a couple other stats. But on the flip side, Brett Favre, Brett Lorenzo Favre, the guy I'm rocking right now, the hoodie, the sweater, and who Bobby loves, who's got the pit in the stomach, 
Brett Favre in that game in the 2001 divisional round against the Rams, the last time they met in the playoffs. You ready for this? Brett Favre, I kid you not, threw six interceptions. Six, Rowdy. That's more than Aaron Rodgers threw all season. Boom. So, Bob, maybe you're maybe you're just a little leery because you're you're remembering you're a big Brett Favre guy. I'm a big Brett Favre guy too. And we said, I think we said yesterday, didn't we, that we don't we don't even consider Brett Favre throwing interceptions. We we say he never threw any of those interceptions. Like none of them were his fault, right? It was the receiver's fault um, or the coaching staff's fault, right, Rowdy? Like it's not Brett Favre's fault. But he threw six interceptions against the Rams in the 2001 divisional round in the playoffs. Nelly just said it best. Like, remind me again, how many interceptions has Rodgers thrown? He's thrown just five all year, and it's funny that you bring that up. So I told you earlier in the show that I was digging around last night looking at a lot of different prop bets, looking at a lot of different prop lines, yeah. especially when it comes to the Rams-Packers game. Yeah. So I looked at Aaron Rodgers and his Willie throw an interception. Yeah. And so I used that. I don't know exactly what the line is, obviously, for every single game, but I used it as a, a rough line. It was minus 215. No, he wouldn't throw an interception. And had you bet that line every single game all season long, you would have come out ahead. No problem. Really? Because he threw interceptions, four or five interceptions on the year in just four games. Yeah. So you would have cashed your bet 12 out of 16 games. Because he had two in that one. Um... Who was that against the two? I can't. I can't. I'm trying to forget those interceptions. I think it was. Well. Was it Tampa? Yes. Yes. Because he they went. The Packers went right down the field, scored right away. Rodgers did the Hingle McCringleberry three pumps, which turned out wasn't a touchdown, but then they got the touchdown after that. Did the three pumps, and then the uh, the game unraveled from there, as it was the two interceptions. Yeah, Rodgers 48 touchdowns to five interceptions, 4,299 yards. Come on. Yeah, and then you look at it. Hindsight's 2020. We all know that Aaron Rodgers is a big stat guy. We know that he doesn't like to throw interceptions. He'll throw it away and make smart plays over the the Brett Favre approach, which was chuck it downfield to try and force <laughs> it into triple coverage. Yeah, Brett, the old gunslinger. I mean, Rogers got some gunslinger in him, but Rogers more of the. Uh, he's got the. I don't. I'm not calling Brett Favre dumb, but Rogers is more cerebral, more smart with the football. Like you'll see him throw it away as opposed to Brett Favre being like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, he's triple covered downfield. I can squeeze it in there, no problem. And then, unfortunately, boom. Could you imagine, dude? I, I, I'm trying to remember where I was. I was, uh, I was in middle school when Brett Favre threw six interceptions against the Rams in 2001. I think I tried to block that out of my memory. I'm having a hard time trying to remembering that. Well, I mean, that's just who Brett Favre was, right? He wasn't going to stop chucking the ball down the field. He was going to try and lead the team back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so Aaron Rodgers versus Jared Goff. Jared Goff is going to be doing a lot of handing the ball off while Aaron Rodgers is going to be like a director of a symphony orchestra, just conducting. It doesn't matter what he does. It'll be beautiful anyways. Uh, Rowdy, what was the over-under? Because they were both the same for Vegas. The yeah, over-under for, for pass attempts? For their pass attempts, both were set at 33.5. That's insane. And for the Rams to have Jared Goff throw the ball 34 times, that's going to be bad news for the Rams. Yes. I mean, look at look at how bad he looked against Seattle, who we already know the, the defense is definitely worse than the Packers' defense. And you could tell that that thumb was hurting him. You could tell that he didn't want to get hit. He didn't want to fall on it. And he was protecting that thumb at all costs. Yep. And you could even tell that some of his throws were off. Yep. Like they, they, 
They weren't in the spots that you'd be used to seeing an NFL quarterback throw them. Some of them were high behind the receiver, and you could just tell that he was struggling. Now throw him in the cold weather. Throw him into playing a better defense. I just feel like if the Rams throw the football 34 times, they're going to be down and probably down yes. at least more more than one possession. And give me a, give me a banged up Jared Goff with three thumbs in his pin in the cold trying to throw the football all day. I mean, that's a recipe for the Packers defense to eat, thrive, dominate. Uh, comments here from Matt LaFleur talking about Aaron Rodgers this year. High praise, obviously, for the soon-to-be MVP number 12. He's had a great approach. He's had a great attitude. He he definitely is. He's our leader, and he does such a great job on a daily basis making sure that everybody's on the details. He definitely owns the details. It's been a lot of fun, this whole process, and, you know, we want to just keep it keep it going. Well, I mean, I mean, can you imagine you'd be a first-year head coach that an organization takes a gamble on you kind of, right, and Matt LaFleur, because a lot of people are wondering, who is this guy? He comes in and you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Like, like welcome to the NFL, coach. Here's a, here's a gift. One of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback ever. Like Matt LaFleur said all the right things about Aaron Rodgers and how he's great and he's a you know future Hall of Famer and he's our MVP and all this other stuff. But, you know, just for discussion's sake, right? Yeah. We'll say the Packers go on and win the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. If you're in the media, what's your first question to Matt LaFleur, because I think I'd have mine. What, what would mine would probably be, right after they win the Super Bowl, mine would probably be, so what do you expect to do with Jordan Love? Because <laughs> uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. Because, you know, they're going to give him all softball questions about, how oh, you just want a super, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Okay, so what's next for Jordan Love? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers just won an MVP in a Super Bowl, and he says he wants to play three more seasons. Matt LaFleur, I'm going to Disney World to think about it. Yeah, what would you say? Like, yo, dude, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, won the Super Bowl, and you went up in the draft to get a quarterback in Jordan Love to be his replacement. I didn't look like Rodgers going anywhere. I know you're saying all the right things about how he's your guy, and you've been saying it ever since the draft. He's your guy. He's the captain of the team. You know, he's an an MVP caliber (laughs) player. He's a Hall of Famer. He's this and he's that. Then what was with the Jordan Love pick? I would, yeah. What is it? What is it, man? Man, okay. Here's more. Co- uh, are you ready to? Are you ready never to answer, actually never have you. a legit answer? You're gonna throw Gutekunst under the bus? I would love to know. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that draft room when they decided to do that. Uh, here's more comments about Lafleur. Uh, about you know, he's treating this game as any other game, like he would with all the players, anyways. That's the mindset going in. I like I was talking about earlier in terms of we all understand the ramifications if if something doesn't go your way there's a finality to it i think that's why everything gets a little bit more ramped up and heightened because of that but naturally you have got to try to keep everything from your routine to the how you prepare as normal as possible well yeah tr- good luck being as normal as possible this year right because you know jared veld here comes in is in the facilities is practicing then all of a sudden gets COVID 19 right in fact it, i saw this from mike clemens uh, he tweeted out yesterday that uh, Jared Valdir notified the Packers training staff that he had concerns about some COVID symptoms to the team's training staff before he even started to feel sick. And uh, Aaron Jones and Billy Turner said the team is very strict about distancing, distancing in meetings and masking all day. So they covered their bases when Valdir came in. That's why you've seen no new positives yet. Let's hope, uh, knock on wood, it continues that way. 
Uh, here's more from LaFleur, though, talking about COVID being out of his control. One thing that we talked about all season long is you got to be ready to adjust. But until you know what you're adjusting to, it's kind of hard to predict. So I'm not going to focus on things that I have no control over. We're going to focus on playing the LA Rams. We're going to focus on doing the best job that we can to prepare our guys to get ready to play. And that's where our sole focus lies. Now, Rowdy, when Valdir got that, uh, when we got the news that he was tested positive for COVID-19, we both, I think every Packer Nation was like, like on pins and needles. They're like, oh my God, please don't let Aaron Rodgers get COVID. Please don't let Devontae. Still probably Jones. have to be for another 24 hours. You have to be because look, the incubation period is like 48 to, what is it, 48 hours anywhere to two weeks or something like that? I mean, it changes every day. Uh, but here is more from LaFleur about not knowing the future, obviously. He's not, a, he's not a mind reader. He's not a seer. He's not anything like that, but he's at ease with the process. I slept pretty good last night. Just really confident in our protocols and our approach and how we handle things around here. And it's a great credit to Doug Collins and Flea for just all the work that they put in and, and to our guys for being disciplined, doing the right things. All right, so there you go. Matt LaFleur sleeping a little easier. Yeah, now the king on Twitch asked if I would live up to my promise of calling Matt LaFleur Wonder Boy if he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, what were my you only do? My only thing with that was when that was uh, made, he was 39. Now that he's in his 40s, if, I feel like it's kind of weird to call someone boy. In their 40s? I know some people in their 50s on the show like to re- be referred to as kid, yes. but I still find that a little weird, we too. We can name who that is. That's Charlie. <laughs> That's down the middle to Johnson, a.k.a. Dr. Parlay. As he... He called in last uh, couple uh, about an hour ago. Called himself the Casino Kid again. But yes, he's I will, 56. I will, he's still I will a kid. call him Wonder Boy at least for one show if they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. 608-321-1670. Who's this? Full Dog. Oh, Fuller. What's up, man? Haven't heard from the Full Dog in a minute. How you guys doing? I am. It's Football Friday, dude. I'm awesome. How are you? Oh, it's my favorite day. Rowdy, how are you? Well, to a- answer this question, just like I answer Scott's, living the dream. Atta boy. Atta boy. Um, okay, so I need you, I'm going to need you guys to stat check this possibly. Um, but well, I'll call just, the research department quick. Just a little positivity for Packer fans out there for this week. Um, now, the Rams have a good defense. I don't want to I I start by saying they do have a good defense. But the – I believe their points per game is somewhere around like 18, 18 and a half, something like that. Let's see. I have it up right here. Let me just go get it real quick. Uh, you keep talking when I do this, okay? The, the Packers, I believe their defense is somewhere around like 23 points a game, something like that. If you look closer at the Rams' defense, I believe they've played like seven or eight games this year against backup quarterbacks. <laughs> and in those games, I believe their points per game is like nine. Everybody else, they're like 26 points per game. So they're worse than the Packers' defense playing starting quarterbacks. I'll take it all day, dude. So you, so are- you want to look at, at Jalen Ramsey saying how he's only given up one touchdown this year. It's, it's going up against guys like... Brandon Allen and uh, whoever the heck the Cardinals started in Week 17. I mean, you're talking about I, a bunch of bums. Bums. I mean, literal bums. To, to, like, to, I, not, to not be offensive, but bums. They're good. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not good, but when you have seven or eight games against backup quarterbacks, 
Oh, I, 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 maybe one of them is the Jets, too. But they lost Ugh. to the Jets. Yeah. They lost to the Jets. Ugh. So what's, I mean, all I'm saying is that uh, they have not had much pushback on the offensive side of the ball this year. Or against uh, off teams, uh, the other teams' offensive side yeah. of the ball. So, Fuller, um, you sound pretty confident right here, my brother. Oh, boys, this is, boys. it's going to be a rolling. They're going to roll these dudes. Can get your roll on, like the big timers, baby. They, they they might as well not even they might as well not even have flown here. It's it's gonna be <laughs> wasted time. They just wasted their time. Uh, Fuller, when you saw the news that Jared Veld here got popped with the COVID and he is in the facilities, did you crap yourself? Uh, you know a little bit, but then I was like, this is why you drafted a quarterback in the first round. God, <laughs> hey, Fuller, hey, you called it before the season started. Rogers MVP. I hope you uh, put some jelly beans on it, dude. 40 to 1. I didn't, I didn't get out to Vegas. Oh, my God. You didn't even go out, go to Dubuque? Come on. Boys, I already know. I Trust me. I It, it pains me every day thinking, well, what, should, what could have been. Yeah, so. it's not like you didn't know anyone that went to Dubuque like six times. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know who you'd be referring to. Well, so. I, I'll tell you this, Fuller. There's only two people in this room, and I'm looking at them right now. <laughs> hey, have a good weekend, Fuller. Go, Pat. Go, man. Hey, check the, check those stats, though. I want I want to know if I'm the re- I'm the I'll research department is on it right now. Sweet, sounds right. good. See you, buddy. Bye. Good old full dog. The dude calls in before the season even starts and says Aaron Rodgers will M- will win the MVP of the season. And Rowdy, you're I mean, you haven't been in a, a couple weeks here, but aren't you always going to the Dubuque to make bets at the casino? I haven't been there since our, our trip in November, but yeah, since shutdown with COVID, I've been there probably about five or six times. Yeah. Man, full dog. He had his opportunity. That's a, he called it, though. He still called it. We uh, had a caller to call in, our guy Fuller, a.k.a. Full Dog, one of the many prides of Stoughton we have here calling in. He's from, or is it Edgerton? He's from Stoughton. Okay, pride of, one of the prides of Stoughton. Not to be confused with Kyle in Stoughton or Big Joe, who's the Michael Jordan of walking in Stoughton. Uh, or Nelly, who was also another pride of Stoughton. But full, <laughs> full Dog called in. And what was this question, Rowdy? Because we had the research department on Yeah, it. he was talking about how the Rams had played a lot of backup quarterbacks and, and some of the games where they didn't allow very many points came against backups. Yeah, and you told me to write down the backup quarterbacks, right? The names? I mean, the research department. Uh, yeah, uh, excuse me. My apologies. I don't want to take credit for the research department. Yes, the research it's department. Own de- it's their own department. We don't. We don't meddle. We don't meddle with the research department. There are exclusive fact checkers that no right or wrong, no truth from fiction. You know, they are pride themselves on being the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop, of making sure everything we say is correct, right, above board, everything. So the research department dropped also a list for us, Rowdy, of the backup quarterbacks. Do you want me to read the research department's list? Yes. So this is who the uh, Rams have gone against, correct? Yeah, these are the backup quarterbacks that the Rams have played. And this is from the research department. Kyle Allen for the football team. He he stinks. Nick Foles for the Bears. He stinks. Nick Mullins for the Niners. He stinks. Now this is not a backup, but the guy stinks. Sam Darnold for the Jets. And then finally... I don't even know who this guy is for the Cardinals. Chris Strevler? 
Strevy, Strevy. Yeah, he's the backup that came in in week 17 once uh, Kyler Murray hurt himself. S-T-R-E-V-E-L-E-R. The research department had to dig deep to find he more was, of this he guy. He was another one of the guys like John Walford that was playing like in the XFL slash AAF. Yeah, so that's what the research department you know, figured out. And if us. you go one step further with this Rams defense and you look at some of the, the teams and quarterbacks that they held, because Fuller was correct when he said the Rams average about 18 and a half points, and that's number one. Packers were at about 23 and a half. If you look at who quarterbacks the teams that they allowed to score 18 points or less, uh-huh. this is the list. The one the research department dropped off as well? Correct. Yeah. Daniel Jones. Ugh. Kyle Allen. Nick Foles. Tua's very first start. Yep. Which Tua, you know, verdict out. Russell Wilson a couple times, but also they have good histories shutting down Russell Wilson. Yep. Cam Newton. Ooh, it was not a good season for Cam. And then that other backup from Arizona where no one really even knows his name. Chris So that's the list. Not Aaron Rodgers, not MVP caliber quarterbacks. No. Probably the best one is Russell Wilson, but they see him twice a year for the last four years, and they know everything about him. Yeah, so there you go. Outside of Russell Wilson, no one good. Yeah, so there you go. The research department, Johnny on the spot, getting it done. And then on Fridays, we welcome in this cat right here from my bookie, VSI Doc Sports on Twitter, our guy Raphael, the gambler to the stars. Raph, what's up, man? Not much is going on with you. Uh, we are very excited. So this week, you know, I mean, Nelly started saying it on Sunday. I said it on Monday, but I was like, I need to get a DeLorean and fly all the way to Saturday because I can't wait for playoff football. Like, we are stoked. How about you, dude? Yeah, I mean, you should be excited. We have some really, really good matchups uh, with, with your guys, uh, Packers and Rams, uh, Ravens-Bills on Saturday, uh, Browns on uh, Kansas City on Sunday, and then two old men running around, hopefully not breaking a hip <laughs> on, uh, on the, the late game on Sunday. Yeah, uh, well, well <laughs> yes, no doubt about it. Um, Raph, I have to ask, uh, I want to I wanna pick your brain a little bit, obviously, on these uh, playoff games coming up here, and if, you, if by chance, you know, the Badgers play tonight as well, and the Bucks too. But Raph, when uh, the news that the Packers signed Jared Vald here came through, and then a day later he had COVID-19, what does that do to a line when you know there's a guy in the locker room who has the Rona, and they obviously have tested you know negative now. But do you guys like wait around waiting for positive tests? Does it adjust? Does it affect the line, or how does that work with COVID when you guys set these things? When that happened, we circled that game. That means that if anything over a certain amount, a dollar bet was coming in that it needed not one but two approvals to make sure. So we circled the game, and then 48 hours after no one else tested positive, then we we opened it back up because. I mean, now the way how quickly these tests are coming back in, in all leagues, uh, I figure yeah. 36 to 48 hours, if they didn't have an, a, a huge outbreak or someone else uh, had it, then we'd have to uh, cool. do a little backpacking. Yeah, I was just curious about how it worked for you, uh, you smart guys over there. Because, you know, those hotels aren't building themselves, Raphael. you gotta, you got to get our money, right, to get those things. Yeah, you got to get all the money because right now there's no money walking around on the strip. Yeah, what's it like in Vegas? I know I ask you this every – has anything changed at all? Like there's no bro- there's no shows, right? There's no None. buffets. I mean, there's, there's-, there's more casinos closing on midweek than there is uh, new ones opening up. So, like, a lot of them – are closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, wow. and Thursday, and they're opening up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I thought I'd never be alive ever and experience casinos being closed. 
Me either. I mean, I, I was in I was inside a casino called New York, New York during 9-11, and we were probably minutes away from shutting the doors and, and telling everyone to uh, go home or stay in your room. Uh, and I, I thought if that didn't happen that day, I would never see it. And then uh, it's and nice here we are. <laughs> and then here we are. All right, Raph. Well, you know, money never sleeps. And I don't think you sleep either because you're setting lines constantly uh, about like literally everything. But Raph, before we dive into the NFL, Badgers got their butts whooped against Michigan earlier this week. It was it was tough. It was a tough scene. It was bad. Badgers against Rutgers tonight. Do you have a line out for that bad boy? Uh, I do believe it was, uh, we were looking, waiting to see on that game. I mean, that was a, that wasn't an embarrassing game. What are you going to do when Michigan is just shooting the lights out? I yeah. mean, you just, sometimes you just have to tip your hat and say, hey, you know what? Great shooting, great nights. We'll catch you on the back end. So uh, I don't want to say it was that yeah. bad of a butt whooping. But uh, Wisconsin's two and a half, uh, and the total is 133 and a half. Yeah. Uh, do you think Wisconsin's going to get back on the good foot? Uh, I, I hope so, because right when we post this number up, uh, we got about like 96% of the money that came in on, okay. uh, on Rutgers, so we're hoping uh, we're going to be big Badger fans tonight. Okay. We're probably rooting for the over, because the total opened up at 135 and quickly got bet down to 133. Oh, wow. Now. Okay, well, we'll pay attention to that as the line continues to move. Uh, Raph, how about the Bucks going against the Mavericks tonight? It's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, you got some talent on the court. What are we looking at uh, the Milwaukee Bucks here, my man? Uh, I say wait. I thought the number came up a little bit high. It posted like around seven and quickly got bet down to a six. I think this number continues to climb down because no disrespect to the Milwaukee Bucks and you fans, but the Dallas Mavericks are a little bit more popular. They got Luka, the, the uh, Porzingis yeah. is back. The betters are going to bet that. So you could probably get a better number if you wait on the Bucks. I know they're at home, but home, field, home court really doesn't matter. Uh, now these days, I like the Bucks if this number continues to drop. I really like the over. I think a lot of points, two twenty-eight. I think we'll see the two thirty range. Okay, so I'm going to talk NFL obviously uh, in the in the playoffs coming up here. How does how has the no fans affected through the eyes of Vegas when it comes to setting lines? Is there no more like you know like an NFL team will get what a field goal for being at home, something like that? Does that does that still come into play with no fans? It, it does. We're just setting numbers early. Try to get get them out as early as possible and let the money dictate on where gotcha. we get, where it's going to set at. So a perfect example is Tampa Bay, the Saints game. We opened that one up Saints 4 because we wanted Tampa Bay money right away. We were like, Let, uh, let's get that plus 4 on Tampa Bay right away because we knew Saints money was going to come in all week and all weekend long. So we opened it up 4, got the money that we wanted, and now it sets at 3. And it's going to probably close at 3. Now, what does Raf think? What do you think happens in this game, brother? Uh, and which one? The Bucks and yeah, Saints? Saints I, I don't think that uh, you can't beat a team three times in one season exists here. I think the Saints are just too good on both sides of the ball. I think uh, Tom Brady finally gets to watch a Super Bowl at home with his wife and kids. Wow. Well, that'll be a welcome sight for uh, Giselle then. Yeah, little Tommy home. Okay, Raptor, let's go uh, the earlier game on Sunday. I see this is, a, this is a big line, dude. Chiefs favored by 10 over the Cleveland Browns? What do you think? I'm caught. I'm calling it here, and I know your listeners are probably going to tweet me out and say I'm nuts, or what am I drinking this morning? But I think the Cleveland Browns pulled off the upset, what? the NFL playoff upset of the uh, of this season, just because I think Chubb and Hunt are going to be the big reasons why they win this game. They're going to keep that Kansas City offense looking at their tablets, watching Netflix instead of being on the floor, uh, on the field, scoring touchdowns. I would not be shocked if Cleveland upsets. I love the plus 10. I'm going to take the plus 10. I'm not the biggest money line better, and I'm not the biggest money line advisor to tell people double mortgage your house and put the Browns on the money line. 
But I just think they can upset. I think there's one big upset. Uh, I, I think it's this game right here. I think Kansas City, wow. they're not the same team as last year. I don't know why people think that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback than sliced bread. Oh, yeah, this Aaron Rodgers is that. But, Raph, wow. Have you ever, real quick, have you ever told anyone to put a second mortgage on their house and bet a line? Uh, no. Okay. I've, seen, I've seen people more, uh, mortgage their house on a bet. Have you ever tried to talk them off the ledge of doing that? Like, yo, are you sure you want to do that? Yes. I have multiple times in Vegas, I would, I would have to pull people aside and say, hey, do you really want this? And blah, would they blah, listen blah, to your blah. advice? No, no, they never listen. <laughs> they would, they would bet it. They would bet thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, and then after they get their bet, hey, can I get a, a a comp to the buffet? Really? You just forked over all this money, and you want me to buy you a lunch? <laughs> Jesus, man. Oh, couldn't be me. All right, so let's go Saturday's affair then. We'll do the late one first, the Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. I, I, I like to circle the wagons. I like the Buffalo Bills for like an AFC team. I see the Bills, you know, at Bills Stadium favored by two and a half. What do you think? I like the Bills. I mean, I've said this uh, multiple times. I think they're the best team in playing uh, football right now. I know they struggled last week, but they're still balanced on both sides of the ball. And I know weather could be an issue for snow and for Baltimore, but I just think Buffalo – is the better team on both sides. I like Buffalo, and this number probably continues to drop because a lot of money continues to fall in on Baltimore. Um, okay, Raph, I like to circle the wagons too, dude. And finally, I saved the best for last, but it's also the first game of the NFL playoffs this weekend, Saturday, 335, right here at the Frozen Tundra, Titletown, Green Bay. Packers, I'm looking at a six and a half. In fact, my guy Nelly over here, he took it on, was it Tuesday, Nels, he took that? Nelly took the six and a half on Tuesday. Haven't really seen the line move too much. What do we think uh, Packers-Rams, my man? I think it's going to stay between, I think it comes down, I don't think it gets bet up to seven. I think it's either six and a half or six, we'll see. And I like Green Bay to win this game. I think they win it, but I don't think they cover it. I mean, me and you have had this conversation, Green, Green Bay and Wisconsin Badgers team, they just don't cover some half the time, and, and, but they pull out some victories. Aaron Rodgers leads them down the field in the fourth quarter. They pull a touchdown. I think they win by four. Uh, it all depends how healthy the Rams' defense is. If the, if, if the other fantastic Aaron is uh, not 100%, then I think Green Bay's offense just picks them apart because uh, Rodgers won't be running around for his life. Uh, if he is 90% healthy, then it's going to be a lot closer game. So, Raph, I see the over-under is the lowest of all of them over the weekend. I'm looking at 45.5 total points over-under Packers-Rams. Are we thinking it's going to be that low-scoring game? And like you just said, the, a four-point victory for the Packers? Then I, Obviously, you think that way. But 45.5 points with the MVP and Aaron Rodgers and that stellar offense? Yeah, if Green Bay wins, and like I said, if the, if the magnificent uh, Arnold that should be playing uh, the WWE, not football, if he's not healthy, then I think Green Bay puts a big number on a scoreboard. But again, if he's 90%, 80%, and he's giving havoc to Rodgers, then it's going to be a tight. Because let's face it, the Rams' offense is not good. Golf ain't 100%. He's well, starter. His Raph, he's got three starter. pins in his thumb. Yeah, and it's going to be cold, so he's been practicing with gloves the last couple of days to try to get uh, used to it because he'd probably have to wear a glove. I think this total could go over. Okay, okay, I'll take that. And uh, before I let you go, I know you like your entertainment props as well, Raphael. Is there anything that we should be, uh, you know, throwing down some money on or looking at your lines on entertainment props? What do you got for us? Come on, last night. I know you haven't watched it yet, but last night I posted season four of Cobra Kai uh, betting on. Uh, so uh, you can jump over there and look at them. Uh, there's some really good ones. Uh, I don't know if you haven't have you haven't watched it, but this series should probably have a lot of people that were in Karate Kid Part Three uh, uh, make maybe an appearance. So I even put in a, a betting prop: Will Hillary Swank make an appearance Hillary in season Swank. four? 
Because she was in the Karate Kid 4 when she when Mr. Miyagi taught her, 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 taught her to play uh, karate. She was, so, wasn't she? I forgot about that. I tried yeah, to forget so about I that movie, a, actually. I put I said it I so bad. So I even put that thing from <laughs> Will Hilly Swank make an appearance in Cobra Kai Season 4. Man, they should have like a hologram of Mr. Miyagi. Like, I think that'd be badass, dude. Wax on, you know wax off, Raphael. I, I remember his funeral because he was in Henderson, Nevada. It was televised live in Vegas because that's where he ended up living at. And uh, I remember watching Ralph Macchio try to say his speech at the, at the funeral, and he was just all torn up. Uh, so that was, uh, that was a very sad day in Vegas because uh, that's when Mr. Miyagi died. Man. But another fun prop bet, uh, and everyone knows, how many times was Sweep the Leg be mentioned? <gasps> sweep the Leg. Days? Sweep it! Raph, I love it, dude. Hey, have yourself an awesome weekend and, you know, all the NFL is going on around here, the playoffs, and I'd love to talk to you next Thursday, or Friday, excuse me, and we'll talk some Packers as they had punched their ticket to the championship game, okay? Yeah, they'll be playing probably the Saints. All right, there you go. Raph, appreciate it, man. If we want to follow along with everything, how can we do so and uh, put our wagers with you? You can follow me on Twitter at VSI Doc Sports. You can find me on Instagram at Raphael Sports. You can also find me over at DocSports.com and MyBookie.ag. Raph, we love you around here. Have a good weekend, man. Take it easy. See you, buddy. There he is, Raphael.